0: Well, let me add my own welcome to that from Will earlier at the start of our service. Uh, Some of those who are with us this evening are those who are part of our English Plus group. And we know that as part of English tradition, many come to carol services of one kind or another uh, uh, to absorb a a kind of English tradition experience. Well, one of our readings this evening comes from the good news of Jesus according to his friend John, and that account starts in the beginning. And because some of you, we know, come from countries where the Christian story is not often told, and just as much because these days, even in England, few know it, It's a good idea to go back to the beginning. And what I want to do at the start is simply to begin with the story. In the beginning, God made all that is. And when he made it, it was perfect. But we do not live in a perfect world. And we also heard the ancient Jewish story from the Garden of Eden in which the failures in us to live God's way are simply set out before us. It is just that way. There was once a time when someone first did something we can call wrong. And we can't really find an explanation for it. There is a kind of wrong that is bigger than ourselves, and yet we take responsibility. The story is that, but what's surprising is how little it tries to explain. It simply sets out how things have become. But it was God who made it good, and having made it good, he wanted it to be good again. He wants to remake it, and he calls people to mend their ways and to follow his teaching, but they fail again and again until God promises that he himself will come down from on high and will rescue the people of the world. All the conflict that results from our failure to be like God will be brought to an end. That was the promise made through Isaiah that we heard, who was one of those who carried God's message to his people. And many years later, hundreds of years later, a baby is born to Mary. God wraps himself in flesh, in human nature, and promises to rescue the world through this boy, man. The boy grows up, he teaches God's ways, and he heals many people. He starts the process of remaking the world the way God wants it to be. But the problem of conflict remains. His word and his ways are not always welcome. We are in conflict with one another, and all because we are in conflict with God. We live at the center of our own little world, each one of us, even when we're trying to be good, and a perfect God cannot allow that conflict to continue. And so Jesus is put to death for claiming to be God. But three days later... There are stories that he is alive again, and the stories grow and grow. After a few weeks of being with his friends, he leaves them for good. But those friends are struck with a new awareness of what he had been doing all the time. The death that he died as a perfect man was the death that we should have died, as those who do wrong. He brings peace to the old conflict with God so we can be at peace with each other. As time went on, Jews and Gentiles found an unheard of peace with one another in the life of the early church. And that news spreads across the world with a new power as his friends discover that the life of Jesus own spirit is working among them. And the story continues until today for all who are friends of Jesus. It is a story that has a beginning, but not yet an ending. And that is the Christian story. But I've always wondered about that first part of it, the birth. Why are the birth stories so very odd, so glorious, when the death stories are so grubby and bloody? Well, it could be that we have to have a birth if we're going to have a death, but there seems so much more to it than that. And I wonder whether we find the explanation in the words that we heard a moment ago in our last reading. Christ Jesus took the very nature of a servant. And what else there is to say is about the nature of a servant. We have here in Western Europe quite an acute sentimental idea about children. But most of the world, for most of its history, does not. It couldn't do, because with regularity, they die. I used to uh, work in Brussels, and I remember one of the uh, embassy staff from the Tanzanian embassy being deeply worried because he was being recalled to Tanzania, And I asked him why he was so worried, and he said, Because my children will probably die. Most of the world, for most of its history, has not had a sentimental idea of children. Children have been the servants born into your own household whom you don't have to pay. But in return, they get to inherit the farm or the business. Or whatever it may be. Children are basically workers who will grow into eventually becoming owners. But i better stop on that theme or I'll get carried away with my own enthusiasm at the idea. And perhaps that's why we need all these stories together. Because Jesus is born as a child, and that means he has no real status his future, humanly speaking, would simply be that he would grow up to serve under Joseph, who was some kind of builder. Joseph, that is, who is Mary's husband. And it is to someone uh, that weak, that much like a servant, it's to Jesus that these great glories happen Shepherds arrive, saying, angels have told us that he's the savior, the rescuer. And then a good while later, wise men arrive from far away to honor and worship the child who is so weak and feeble, yet whom they have learned from their studies is in fact a king. One of the other times when Isaiah, the prophet, speaks from God, he says that those from other nations will come and worship this king. It will not be any longer just about God's ancient people, the Jews, but about all peoples everywhere. And we have come tonight to be here from many nations, We are far, far away here from Bethlehem, and some of you come from countries far closer to it than we are here. When Jesus is a baby of no status, of no account in the world, that is when we read of overwhelming glory and gold. But as this child grows to be a man, when we would expect him to leave service behind and grow into his maturity as a man taking on authority and power of his own, we find that he is constantly making it possible for others to flourish. He is and remains their servant. He brings healing, although it brings him nothing but hatred from the rulers of his people. And if that seems odd, why would a healer find nothing but hatred? Well, all I can do is recommend that you read uh, the story at the uh, back of church uh, on the table. uh, By the glassed-in booth there, you will find uh, the stories of Jesus. Uh, This one is Luke's story, and there are four of them. I think the ones we've got are Luke, but if you uh, read Luke and want more, there are then three others. Finally, this Jesus is put to death, and he says that he is choosing to lay down his life so that others, everyone else, ourselves included, may be rescued from the slavery of our constant failure before God. So as a child, he is worshipped as a great king, but as a man, he is put to death as a criminal. Everything is the wrong way round. And I suspect that we need both so that we hear this message that message from our last reading, that Jesus is taking the very nature of a servant. He is the king of everything who rescues his people and all peoples by uh, saving them from disaster. He serves them in that way. We are not what even we want to be, let alone what God wants to be wants us to be. And the solution to that turns out in the Christian story not to be an exercise, not a principle, not a philosophy, not a set of teachings, not another wise man, the world has enough of those, not even another angel. The solution is what the friends of Jesus came to realize. He was God himself come down as the mightiest king of all that is, but in order to give up his life, serving us by rescuing us from our conflict with God. If all the glory of the angels and the gold of the wise men had come to Jesus in later life, we might suppose that it was because of some nobility in him, something wonderful that was perhaps just obvious to them in their time. Perhaps we'd think of him as a great leader. Perhaps we would think of him as a great doctor, a healer, or a teacher, and many religions have those. But these things happen to Jesus As a baby, precisely so that we know that it has nothing to do with what he has achieved. What is glorious and golden about him is simply who he is, who God has made him to be from the beginning when he was nothing but a child expected to be a servant. In truth, he is the king of everything. Well, what are we to do with all this news? We, after all, were probably not stopped in our tracks on our way here this evening by angels. We did not come across wise men on their way with gold. And we have precious little of our own to bring. But again, our final reading tells us what to do. The world is set to rights, restored to how it should be when God is worshipped as God, when we stop actually having ourselves at the center of everything. That last reading was from uh, Paul, who was a follower of Jesus. And Paul makes it clear what we must do. We must turn from putting ourselves at the center, and turn to confess, to recognize, to acknowledge, to say out loud that, as Paul says, Jesus Christ is Lord. I am not Lord. The things of this life are not Lord. And Lord means the master in charge of everything, Perhaps at Christmas time, we will be on our best behavior, struggling but managing for 24 hours to be really, really nice. But we will still not be Lord. Other religious teachers may be good, but they are not Lord, because only Jesus has come down from heaven. Only in Jesus does God set a crooked humanity straight. Only in Jesus does God set right a humanity gone wrong. And what God requires is simply that we say that Jesus is Lord and live like that. We open to others the love of God that we have met for ourselves. Without Jesus, I am lost With Jesus, I am found. Without Jesus, I am dead. With Jesus, I am fully alive for the first time. It is a long story from the beginning to the end. The end is not written, but is for us to live the continuing story. And if you come here tonight, as many do, even in this country, with very little awareness of the Christian story, or more, more problematic still, with an awareness of the Christian story skewed by what our culture has done with it, then I do recommend simply taking one of these and reading it. Takes takes something between an hour and a half and two hours, I would think, tops. I recommend also uh, the cards that you found on your seat when you came in this evening. Starting on the 5th of February, we're going to be running uh, the Alpha course. We're going to be plugging it across the parish and inviting any who want to come, simply to come and explore together with others what this story is and what it might mean. Let's face it in the face of all the oddness and the weirdness of the Christian story. If it's not true what these stories say about this baby, then it means nothing, and we're wasting our time. Let's not be sentimental Let's not play around. But if they are true, then it means not less than everything. And it demands everything of us to know it. May we bow our heads and pray for a moment. We'll be here tonight for a number of reasons. Someone invited us. Some of us, many of us, want to be here. Others are just being polite. And so, as at the start of our service, a moment to face in the quietness why you're really here tonight. Lord God. Some of us here believe that Jesus is Lord. Some of us do not and don't really understand what it would mean or look like or feel like to believe it. And we simply ask that if you're there, and if these stories are true, then as we read and learn and explore, you would show yourself to us. Amen.